I suddenly felt my left arm like going dead into needles and I automatically assumed it was because of the baby pushing on like a nerve or something so didn't really think anything of it and then I was aware that the pins and needles feeling was sort of traveling down my arm and then like down my leg and it was like moving down the left side of my body so that's when I thought oh something's not right here so I rang 111 and I told them my symptoms and I think they knew at that point I think they thought oh she's having a stroke but didn't tell me that because they were like oh we'll send out a car an ambulance car which they did and then I remember just before the ambulance car turned up had this horrific like blinding pain in my head the worst pain I've ever had in my life but I remember sick grabbing my head saying oh my head my head and like my sister and my husband were there thankfully and they were obviously thinking oh god something's not quite right and then it was covid so we still all had to wear um, face masks at the time so when the paramedic came to the door she asked me to pull my mask down and I think she must have seen my face dropping didn't ever once think I'm having a stroke um so yeah then the paramedic ambulance actually arrived in the van and then I was wheeled out put on this ambulance and then I remember saying to my husband Ben oh, I'll see you in a few hours so he's still thinking I'll be home you know but little did I know that actually was the last time I'd see him for three months while I was in hospital Hello, Mark Goodyear here. Welcome to the fifth season of Stroke Stories. It's the podcast that seeks out and hears from stroke survivors. Today we hear from Jocelyn Coleman from Newport, South Wales. Jocelyn was 32 when she had her stroke. Quite outgoing. I was in a full-time job. I enjoyed socialising. I was like a keen runner, so I was quite often going to the gym and like doing like park run, quite fit and active. My story's a little bit strange, actually. So I was actually pregnant when I had my stroke. So I was, you know, wanted to start a family. I was like looking forward to becoming a mum. And I was looking forward to sort of starting the next chapter of my life in 2021. And then obviously have my stroke. So it transpires that I've actually got something which is quite common called an AVM. It's like an arterial venous malformation in my brain. Apparently, loads of people have them. They're quite common. They just don't know they've got them. And sometimes people go through life and nothing happens. They'll never know that they've got one until like post-mortem or something. And then they find out that they've had this in their brain. But unfortunately, if you're a woman and you've got one in your brain and you become pregnant, you are pretty much 100% going to have a stroke in your second trimester because of the hormones that are generated. I mean, it's not 100%, but they, they said that most of the women that have them in their brain they get pregnant they will have a stroke at some point I was um, actually doing overtime so I was at my desk I wasn't actually at my house I was at my twin sister's house because um I was staying with her for uh, the weekend it was a Saturday morning and I was actually working at my desk and then I suddenly felt my left arm like going dead into needles and I automatically assumed it was because of the baby pushing on like a nerve or something so didn't really think anything of it. And then I was aware that the pins and needles feeling was sort of traveling down my arm and then like down my leg. And it was like moving down the left side of my body. So that's when I thought, oh, something's not right here. Um, so then I called 111, which is something I've never done in my life. You know, and I, I remember thinking like, this is ridiculous. I, this is going to be so embarrassing when they turn around and tell me that it's something really minor, you know. So I rang 111 and I, 
told them my symptoms. And I think they knew at that point. I think they thought, oh, she's having a stroke. But didn't tell me that. Because they were like, oh, we'll send out a car, an ambulance car, which they did. And then I remember just before the ambulance car turned up, I had this horrific, like, blinding pain in my head. The worst pain I've ever had in my life. And I literally, it just, I remember sick grabbing my head, saying, oh, my head, my head. And, like, my sister and my husband were there, thankfully. And they were obviously thinking, oh, God, something's not quite right. And then it was COVID. So we still all had to wear um, face masks at the time. So when the paramedic came to the door, she asked me to pull my mask down. And I think she must have seen my face dropping because she immediately ran back outside and was on her radio like, we need na- we need natural ambulance here right now. And even at that point, I still wasn't really thinking like something was seriously wrong because I wasn't in like any pain as such the, the headache pain had gone and although I still have pins and pins and needles down my left side I didn't really think it was gonna be a stroke I just thought it was something baby related or or you know sitting down for too long I didn't I didn't ever once think oh, I'm having a stroke um so yeah then the paramedic ambulance actually arrived in the van and then I was wheeled out put on this ambulance and then I remember saying to my husband Ben oh, I'll see you in a few hours he's still thinking I'll be home you know but little did I know that actually was the last time I'd see him for three months while I was in hospital. When Jocelyn had her stroke she was five months pregnant. Baby had just started moving looking back now it was horrible for my husband because he missed out on all of that the baby kicking and the last like, months of my pregnancy was sort of robbed from us because of the stroke. Yeah, I was in hospital three months on my own then. Um, and they wouldn't let me see him because of COVID. I couldn't go outside. I was in there for three months just on my own until the day that they... I had to have a C-section a month early because they wouldn't let me go into active labour just in case another another brain bleed happened. And then the day of the C-section was when I was allowed to see Ben and he was allowed to come in and see me then after three months apart. I had to have um, an angiogram. That was one of the first things they did when I was admitted into hospital and I think they saw that the initial bleed had had stopped and there was no sort of further bleed going on so I think they were you know reassured and they were comfortable for me to just be monitored there wasn't I didn't need surgery or anything at that point they were just sort of looking after me just making sure that there wasn't going to be a second bleed they were they were pretty sure that there wasn't going to be one but I think they were just monitoring me just in case anything did happen but yeah I, I wasn't actually on a stroke ward I was on a brain injury ward so I was around a lot of people who, some people had strokes, but other people had like brain injuries caused by like physical harm that happened to them. There's lots of different scenarios of, of people that were on the on the ward as me. They sent in the physios every day to do rehabs, you know, like moving your fingers and, and moving your arms and your leg, and walking up and down the corridor, things like that. Coming up, Jocelyn talks about joining support groups. I go to something called NeuroFit, which was organised by our community physios. And it's twice a week in a gym setting, but um, with two physios, uh, neurophysios that come along and they sort of support you in you going on to the different gym equipment to try and get you back into a gym setting. And lots of people who have had strokes or brain injuries attend that. And so I've met a lot of people that way. And becoming a mum. I'm not able to like mum how I envis- envisaged I would you know like you before when I was pregnant before the stroke I always thought like this is how I'm going to be this is what I want to do with my baby but it's just not 
being the case because I've literally, I mean, even now, like I, she's two now, so obviously trying to change a nappy and run after her is just a no-go for me. So every time she runs off and I can't sort of keep up with her or chase after her, I do feel like really sad that this has happened because it's just not how I want it to be, you know? Here's how Jocelyn adjusted to life after stroke. It was really weird. I remember in the run-up to the birth, I remember just really wanting to, like, get see, like, pavement, to, like, see, like, outdoors, because being in one small hospital room, I was really lucky and they gave me my own room, because I think I was a woman, like, pregnant woman. I think they gave me my own room, which was really nice. Um, but just being confined to that one room for, like, three months is it's the strangest feel, like, feeling. And then I just remember just wanting to just be outside. So the day then that, you know, I was allowed to go outside the hospital and then be outside, it was really strange. It was it was just surreal. Like you almost forget how to like cross a road and, you know, just be around like other people. It's really weird. Yeah, emotional though, like really emotional. God, it's been a, a roller coaster. I mean, I think I often say to people I don't know what's been the hardest thing like the mental journey or the physical I don't I don't really know because they've both been really difficult I think yeah like it's just you go through different stages like you they they told me this would happen right from the start you know where you have sadness because you're grieving the loss of the person used to be because obviously I'm very different now like physically I'm different to how I was and I think there's a lot of things that I can't do and I think that's been like really hard to come to terms with and then, like, anger, you, you often, like, say, why me? Like, why has it happened to me? Like, I was really fit. I looked after myself. And yet, this is the position that has left me in. And you feel quite aggrieved that this has happened to you. And, you know, I mean, a lot of tears have been cried over the last two years. You know, it's been really hard. But I think I'm also really grateful to the fact that I've got a new perspective on things. Like, I don't take things for granted now you know and any small things that I find myself still able to do I'm really grateful for and also I think I've met a lot of amazing people since having the stroke just through different groups like amazing like inspirational people as well I go to something called NeuroFit which was organized by our community physios and it's twice a week in a gym setting but um, with two physios uh, neurophysios that come along and they sort of support you in you going on to the different gym equipment to try and get you back into a gym setting. And lots of people who have had strokes or brain injuries attend that. And so I've met a lot of people that way. Also, the Stroke Association have been amazing. Like they buddied me up with a lovely young lady who had a stroke who lived in like, I think it was Scotland. So we'd never actually met, but we used to speak on the phone quite a lot and share experiences. And that was really helpful and like inspiring. And just Instagram itself is a, there's an amazing community on Instagram of people that have had strokes. Like, honestly, it's, it's so good. And I'm also a member of Different Strokes, the charity on Facebook. And lots of people post in there as well about their experiences of stroke, which I find quite comforting and reassuring that there's also people out there that have had, you know, same, if not worse experiences than, than me. So it, it really helps to come to terms with it. Jocelyn's daughter was born by caesarean. She wasn't affected at all by the stroke, thankfully. She was totally fine. I mean, the only thing was that she was born four weeks early, so she was technically premature, but she was still yeah. absolutely fine. But And yeah, like that's that's the biggest thing, I think, is the fact that I'm not able to, like, mum how I envis- envisaged I would. You know, like, you, before when I was pregnant before the stroke, I always thought, like, this is how I'm going to be. This is what I want to do with my baby. But it's just not 
been the case because I've literally, I mean, even now, like I, she's two now. So obviously trying to change a nappy and run after her is just a no-go for me. So every time she runs off and I can't sort of keep up with her or chase after her, I, I do feel like really sad that this has happened because it's just not how I want it to be, you know? That's the biggest thing. Hey, okay, like I'm getting there. I'm still... If when if I, someone said to me, you know, in the hospital, two years on, you're going to be back at work, you're going to be able to go for walks by yourself, you know, you'll you'll be able to enjoy life still. I'd be absolutely amazed. I'd be amazed. I'd be so thankful, and that's where I am really. You know, I I'm quite independent. I can't drive or anything, so I still rely on my parents, which is annoying. I'm 35 now, so don't really want to be relying on my parents still, but. There's a lot of stuff I can do. Like I can dress myself, I can wash myself, I can, you know, I do go to the gym. And yes, I can't, you know, get my heart racing and pump iron like I used to, but I can still, you know, do lots of things. So I am really grateful that, that the things that I can do. And Jocelyn thinks all stroke survivors should persevere no matter where they are in their recovery. I would just say, you know, like hang in there. Like it is so hard. It's one of the hardest things you'll ever have to get through, but you will get there. Like it is, and it's so annoying. And so many people have said this to me, but it's true is that it'll just take time. Like it will take time. You just have to just embrace the journey. You can't rush these things. Like it will get better, but it just takes a long time. And it is really frustrating, but you just got to keep in mind that although you might not see changes daily, but people will see changes like over a month, month or two, you will, people who haven't seen you in a while will definitely see the changes. You just have to believe that they're there. I guess to relatives of stroke survivors, I guess just be patient. You know, they'll be going through a lot of changes emotionally. And I think just be a listening ear, just listen to how they're feeling without judgment and don't try and imagine how you would do it if this happened to you I get a lot of that from from people in my family they say oh, if this happened to me I'd be like this but you don't know that and I think that's just not helpful so I wouldn't say that to anyone I would just be a listening ear and just try and be as supportive as you can but also seek help because I think that what I didn't understand which I'm now coming to terms with as well is that it's been really hard for them my family and I think that They've also gone through it, whereas I probably spent a lot of time thinking about how it's impacted me without really realising how it's impacted them. So I guess make sure if you are a family member of someone who's had support, reach out and get support for yourself as well, because you probably need it just to come to terms with everything that's happened. Jocelyn's stroke was caused by a ruptured arteriovenous malformation that occurred two-thirds of the way through her pregnancy. Despite the stroke and the subsequent three-month stay in hospital, Jocelyn has made a great recovery and has a beautiful, healthy baby girl. Thanks for supporting us at Stroke Stories. Please do rate and comment on the episodes you hear and recommend the podcast to anybody you think it would help. And if you are or you know of a stroke survivor with a story to share, we'd love to hear from you via Twitter or Instagram where our DMs are always open. The Stroke Stories podcast was produced by Aidan Judd. I'm Mark Goodyear. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.